Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Vikings versus Seahawks. Danny Green, nine and one coming out of the bye. The yeah. Vikings, two and seven, the last nine years coming out of the bye. Things have changed. Yeah. Well, maybe Mike Zimmer needs to pick up the drums. What? Danny, Danny Green, Green was a drummer. Danny Green used to play the drums in the locker room prior to game yeah, and, and said, We're all one beat, we're all one heart. That's probably what gave him the coaching advantage, the drumming skills. <laughs> yeah, but it got it got everybody thinking about the you know, the thumping of one heart, one team, we're going out and it got him jacked up. You know you know who you know who Zimmer would remind me of on the drums? Animal from the Muppets. Maybe maybe not go in with the the team spirit of the Hall of Notes and maybe have a little rage against the machine Monday night. Maybe the Vikings could come out and play some football from the beginning, go up fourteen nothing and let Seattle know we came to play today. Thing it'd be like last year. survived a bye week and we're heading to Seattle home of rain that's right home of rain I went TDY once there and we didn't see sunshine until about two hours before I left anyways we are rolling we've been winning the Vikings offense has been fantastic we've Proven won some games we should have won, lost a couple we shouldn't have, but we're going into Monday night, prime time, against probably the second best team in the NFC West, could be the first, with a quarterback that's in the talk for most valuable player, and we'll see how we do. I got the guys with me. I got Drew. I got Ted. And of course, I got me, Dave. So we'll start this show. How you doing, Drew? Drew Schembechler Bunting is doing just fine. <laughs> Looking forward to this Monday night matchup. It's going to be a premier football out there. Oh, let me say one thing real quick. We start the show here. I hope we're not trailing by four points or more at the halftime. Oh, yes, I saw that stat, because too. Seattle's 55-0, and 0, Ted. What, say that again? What now? Seattle Seahawks, when they have four points or more ahead at halftime, are 55-0. and 0. Under Pete Carroll or for, like, ever? I, I think it's just – I think it's under oh. Pete Carroll. I don't know. It might be under – I don't know what, what time frame that is. Are you kidding me? I think it's yeah, under that, Pete Carroll. That yes. That's my uh, stat I wanted to throw out to start the show. but that, that's, that's an unsettling statistic. True. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know who the winningest coach in prime time is? Active coach? Winningest active coach in prime time? Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll. I don't know. No, nah, it's Pete Carroll. He's got an 838 win percentage. He's Pretty ahead good. of Bill Belichick. He's still a gum-chewing son of a bitch, though. Punk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like to smack that gum right out of his mouth. <laughs> you aren't the only one. Get how you doing, Ted? Goddamn midget. How, how am I doing? How are you doing? Gentlemen? Gentlemen? <laughs> if I was any better, I'd be against the law. Let's light this candle. All right, start the show. 
<laughs> he must be drunk. He's wearing that Ohio State shit again. He's <laughs> sober, baby. Relatively. There, I'm about to say, there's no rum in there. I got a Ted stat to, to start us off. Let's go. You know, you know, we talk a lot about our weak-ass pass defense. Did you know the Vikings are fourth in the NFL in passes defense to a 62? Is it pass breakups? Yeah. Wow. Really? Now, that's my good stat to start the day. I had to throw that Seattle one in there, but I I countered with the Viking good one. Right there. I did that. I had the shit one to start, and then I threw that one in there. So That's a good yeah, stat as well. He's a, Kendricks is the number one linebacker in football with 12 passes defense. Highest. He's the highest. Awesome. Oh, Kendricks is having an all-pro season. Yeah, he is. Meow, meow. Without a doubt. Um, speaking of stats, you talk about pass defense. I've got my handy-dandy uh, football outsiders, DVOA, and they break down the defense. And for pass defense, they have a swoop rolling. Let's bring it over here. There's All right. Heads. Hey, I was looking Oops. at the, uh, Take two. <laughs> take two. Look at the other one. Pass defense, they have us at ooh, they have us at number sixteen and number four against the rush. Is that the DVOA? That's the DVOA specifically for the defense. That defense overall, they have us as seventh. Well, what I have, I have well, I had fifteenth overall. No, they have us at tenth overall. Pardon me, it was seventh the week before. We dropped by not playing. But speaking of raising up by not playing, our playoff odds went up. Yes, they did. And why is that, Drew? Because our team fucking rocks? (laughs) (laughs) No, because your local team spanked. Yes, they did. The heck out of the cheese heads. That was a beatdown, wasn't it? Oh, 37 to 9? It wasn't even that close either. 37 to 8. It was a beat. That, that was nice to see. That was nice to see. I was, you know. And then seeing all the grumbling about Aaron Rodgers, from Aaron uh-huh. Rodgers, about Aaron Rodgers, about their team, it was wonderful. Makes my week. You know, we're t- tied for first now, right? Yes, we are. Yeah, they've got the tiebreaker. But, yeah. You know, somebody, I think it was uh, the Daily Norseman account run by – uh, Christopher Gates Esquire, that uh, that that said something to the effect that if if Kirk Cousins had put out a line like Aaron Rodgers did, and he had what 104 yards passing, right, and like 11, whatever completion, I, I didn't see the whole game after uh, after San Francisco went up, I tapped out. But if if Cousins had put up that line, and the Vikings had lost that game that way. Uh, people would be ready to throw Kirk Cousins in, into the waters of Lake Minnetonka and not purify him, but drown him. Sure. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I, 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 I look. I get. I get. Rogers has has earned more credibility. Um, you know, he's won a Super Bowl and all that stuff. But I'm kind of starting to see the the over the top. I don't want to say disrespect. Just overall dislike for. For cousins and, and and how people are so quick to point out any weakness in his game, and I I I think you know Seattle. This is going to be a, a big uh, a big test for not only cousins but for the entire team. Seattle's a tough place to play. They've got a really good team, and this is a, a, a big fine. Um, but I I think it's time to start giving the Vikings. A little bit of credit. I, I'm still kind of. I'm still not in with both feet. I want to see how this Seattle game goes, but I I think the Vikings deserve a little bit more respect than um, than they've gotten up to this point in the season. But that's just me. Well, we should see that they would have it if they would have won. There's two games, actually three. They should have won. The latest one was against Kansas City, which they should have played better and won. There's, of course, the Chicago debacle, which infuriates all of us. And they could have won if they would have come out on fire against Green Bay. Winning any either of those would have put them in sole possession of first place and everything would be looking a lot brighter. It's miscues like those 
that seed doubt and that seeded doubt sticks until it's overwhelmingly debunked. And as of right now, it's not. That's where you get the the hardcore looking at um, Kirk Cousins and did he throw over 10 yards? No, he's throwing nothing but two-yard passes. Whoop, right? When he's good Kirk versus bad Kirk, it's when he's throwing over 10 yards and he's looking for digs and he's looking for Thielen, right? Or Irv Smith or even Rudolph, wide open. I mean, all those things go into good Kirk. He's been doing that lately. It's been a whole philosophical change from Kupfanski, and I think Stefanski's calling it great games lately for the most part, except for Kansas City. On the way down. And I don't know what it is, but something's got into it. I saw a deal earlier in the week or early last week that how Kirk Cousins is dealing with the criticism this year. He's basically blowing it off. And he says, man, I've got best life. I'm living the life. I'm doing what I love. And he's blowing it off, and he's playing like that. And that, if that continues, and they build up confidence like they did last week, in that, or the two weeks ago, in that massive come-from-behind win, these guys can go to Miami, as you say, Ted. Uh, you know, of those three losses, the only two, or the only one were the Vikings, I think got thoroughly outplayed and had zero chance of winning with Chicago. They could have won the they could have won the uh, Chiefs game. They could have won the Packers game, and that's what's and and now the way Chicago has come out and played the rest of the season, that just irritates me because Chicago just kind of stinks. And and on paper they should have beat the Bears, but they they had they could have played they could have played nine quarters they would have beaten Chicago that they they just wouldn't have. That's the only game I'm just kind of whatever. Anyways, but yeah, whatever. They're clunker. <laughs> well, hopefully that's exactly what it is, ah! and they get it out of their system. Uh, so. You got any stats for us, Drew? Well, I want to say a couple things about Kirk Cousins. You know, back the first month, basically everything about Kirk Cousins, everybody wants to pile on. They piled on after that Bears game. Got it all social media, the shit on the groups I was seeing, you know. And, and we were all hard on him. Every one of us on this sure. show was. Sure, and and I think it was deserved criticism. But the but the cool thing to me is Kirk Cousins did nothing. He just kept playing. He didn't come out and go all, you know, Odell Beckham and get all weird in the social media. He just shut his mouth and did his job. And the fact that he's made this transition and he's on fire, playing really well. The thing I like about it, he's doing. He's having the same reaction. He's not coming out and gloating about it. That's the thing I like about Kirk Cousins. He didn't say shit when everybody was ripping him. And he probably wants to say shit now, but he's not saying anything. He's being focused. He just he's playing better. He knows it, but he's not out here saying I told you so. And that's a that's a good sign in terms of leadership for the for the other guys on the team. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling they're starting to get behind Kirk Cousins like they were behind Keenum or maybe Teddy. Maybe they're becoming more uh he's he's becoming a better teammate, I think. And it, it, here's here's proof of it. Did you know Kirk Cousins is sixteen passes away? From tying Warren Moon's record for most most passes without an interception, are you kidding me? He has 177 passes without an interception. The record is set by Warren Moon, 1990, uh, 1993 or ni- 1995 was it? Yeah, 1995. 173 passes without a pick. Cousins is at 177 right now. He's 16 short of that. Do you hear about that? No. No. You hear about? You hear about my buddy Dave ripping on him for being 23. Of 26. <laughs> so he doesn't even get the credit. Every, Kirk Cousins is one of those guys that easily gets ripped on, but then when he does good shit, everybody just kind of shrugs their shoulders and go, well, that's what he's supposed to do. It's really a kind of an unfair thing. And I was one of the guys who was piling on him at the beginning of the year. But my respect for Kirk Cousins has gone up a lot in the last two months. Yeah, I too. just wanted to put that out there because that's an important part of this team. Now, going into Seattle, he had a terrible game last year. The Vikings had a terrible game last year. Zimmer's got to learn from it. We've had 13 days to prepare for it. You can't go into a game and get your get across the 50-yard line for the first time at the end of the third quarter and expect to win a game, which is what we did last year. Yep. We didn't cross the 50-yard line until four minutes left in the third quarter. 
Can the Vikings tell me? didn't get on the scoreboard until a minute ten left in the game. Is when they finally scored, and that was, was like terrible. a complete. That was that was like a complete garbage touchdown, like the uh, like the Cook touchdown against the Bears was earlier this year. I mean, the game was by that point. It was the defense kept him in the game. The game should have been a lot more lopsided than it was. Uh, Russell Wilson had his worst game statistically last year against the Vikings, but they ran the ball for over 200 yards. They they took advantage of all of our mistakes. But the Viking once once again the Vikings motto is is. Before you beat the good teams, you got to figure out how to not lose games. So yeah, I agree. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. I mean, we were down six points in the third quarter in that game. We had one first down. So the Vikings, it's all right in front of them. Now we'll get to the numbers. Now they have my little soliloquy. Walking well, to question for you. Victors. Okay. Last year we went to Seattle and play. Yes. Right? And we lost. We this laid a year, big dung heap. This year, if we're going to Seattle to play, why are we going to Seattle two years in a row? Why aren't they coming to us? It's just how the schedule. At the there's no conspiracy. conspiracy. Day. It's no conspiracy. It's just the way the schedule plays out. I, know. I was being a smart ass. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it works out like that. It's worked out in the Vikings' favor where we played people two years, two in, years a row. in a row. Yeah, yeah we right. we had the Giants at our place. I think three or four times in a row, for example, right. back well, when they I'm were fairly decent. It's just yeah. one of those things that popped up to me. Also, this game, does it give you guys the feeling of, say, half a playoff game, a quasi-playoff game, where you've got two of the best teams in the NFC battling? Who's going to be, right now, they're five and six. Seattle's number five on the seeding for first wild card. We're number six for the second wild card spot. Whoever wins... Obviously, leapfrogs the other one, goes ahead of the other one, or stays ahead in the case of Seattle. But it also increases their chances to win their division. Because as we talked about during the week, even though San Francisco spanked Green Bay, they have a brutal schedule coming up. So this has sort of a feel. It's got playoff implications, but does it feel sort of a playoff game where people are knowing that they've got to come in and perform? This isn't one of those freebies. Do you guys feel that? Go ahead, Andrew. I feel that you're exactly – I think this is a playoff game. I think this is the biggest game the NFL has to offer not only this week but maybe this year. Uh, Two teams, fifth and sixth in the playoff run. you got two quarterbacks – who are playing at an extremely high level, two really good play-action quarterbacks, which adds more excitement into the game. you got Wagner. you got Eric Kendricks. you got Dalvin Cook. Seattle is no slouch with their running game with Penny and Carson. you got uh, 12th man, if you want to take it up there, Vikings on the road. you got Diggs. you got Metcalf. And you got, look at all the stuff. This is star power with two teams that really need this game. So, yes, I would have to agree with what you just said, David. I am full agreement with the playoff field, the playoff. Um, I go back and forth. It's a great, it's a great question, Dave. I, I, it's, a, it's a huge measuring stick for the Vikings. And, and it, so in that regard, yes, because we'll be able to see how the Vikings measure up against one of the, the more elite teams of the NFC. One that's undoubtedly going to the playoffs. And, and that's a team that is also playoff bound. That is true. So in that regard, yes. In in, in another way, kind of, sort of, no, because with the Rams just fading fast, the Panthers fading fast, I'm not saying the Vikings are locked into the playoffs, but they have a, a, a fairly bottom of at least a sixth seed. That said, I don't, you know, I've, I've said this before, I don't think it, it's hard for any team to go on the road three times in the postseason, win those games, and then win right. the Super Bowl. So in in another you know, kind of – I'm kind of flipping back and forth. So it, it's, a, it's a massively important game because if they win, they leapfrog Seattle, and they'll probably keep pace with Green Bay, who I think plays either the Giants or the Redskins. So the they're Giants. more than likely going to win that game. So it's it's vitally important in that regard in in the hopes of them winning the, the division. And if nothing else, 
if they can't get a bye, they can at least get a home playoff game as the number three seed. So in some respects, I think it is. And in some respects, no. But it, it's it's a massively important game for the Vikings this week. Yes, I, I will agree with that. Don't, don't you feel like this kind of – if the Vikings go to Seattle and win this game Monday night, doesn't feel like, to me at least, feels like we kind of clinch a playoff spot. With the remaining teams on our schedule, we're at home for the majority of the schedule, I think maybe two or maybe three of the final games. This feels like if we get this one locked in, we're looking really good at the postseason. Yeah. Yeah, they've got like over a 90% shot now. I think it goes to like 98 or 99% if they beat uh, well, Green Bay or beat, beat Seattle. Football Outsiders right now has us at a 95.7% to make the playoffs. They have us at to win the division um, at 49.1%. They still have Green Bay ahead of us on the division because they own the tiebreaker. So, and they have us at 46.6 for the wild card. But we're, I, if we don't get the division. So uh, that's, they're split. We're more favored for the division than we are in the wild card at this moment. If, so, if they win Monday, that'll shoot up big time. That'll shoot so up big time. What team shows up, guys? The team we saw in Seattle last week, I mean, the team we saw not only there last year on Monday night, but the team against the Broncos. I mean, what, what are we in store for for this? I mean, well, this I have a theory. Oh, here we go. Oh wait, is it is it the long pass completion theory? No, well, actually, that one does work. But um, <laughs> hey, watch for it. It does work. It works golden. No, I read this week there was a story that Court uh, um, Courtney did. Who? Courtney. Oh. Courtney Cronin. ESPN Vikings beat report. Uh, best, one on, best one on the beat for the Vikings, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, she rules. Um, did a story on Everson Griffin, right, and how well he's playing this season and how the Vikings have supported mental health of the team. And in the story, there was a unique paragraph that says they now have three um, mental health specialists that work for the team. They have a Typical psychiatrist, um, a sports psychologist, or sports psychiatrist, or psychologist, and another one that's, that works with the team. And I'm wondering, with this being the first year that they have these guys there and available to the team, who from the team is taking advantage of that, including from Zimmer on down? Right, And if that is making a difference, because we see a difference in Kirk Cousins. We see a difference in some of the plays since the beginning of the season when Diggs was not very happy to afterwards. If, if, if they do a group or they do a one-on-one or whatever. But it looks like the team is dealing with a lot of these emotional issues that comes with playing football a lot better. And I'm wondering if that helps going into Monday night under the lights in front of the nation because they're the only team or only two teams playing. Everybody else is watching. Can I ask a question? Sure. Here did you guys ever see the did you guys ever see the movie The Natural with Robert Redford? Yeah. Yes. Do you remember a long time ago. when they brought a sports psychologist in? Losing is a disease. (laughs) (laughs) Ever much? (laughs) Anyways, the guy had a little straw hat and a bow tie. Yes. Um, Anyway, so I, 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 for whatever reason, I thought of that scene when you were talking about sports psychiatrists and psychologists. I think mental health is just as important as physical health. Oh, I do. Um, And especially when it comes to getting up for games and playing games. No, you, you know, Seattle, you don't jump off sides, you don't make bonehead plays, you tackle, you come out hot, you have a good game plan. I mean, you could read everything you want into it. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's you got to play football. That's what it comes down to. I was going to say but that said does does a sports psychiatrist cause a delay a game penalty? Does does a sports psychiatrist 
cause Xavier Rhodes to get turned around, you know, like a merry-go-round four times on a on a on a deep route. I, Look, whatever edge the Vikings feel they need, go for it. I mean, it's Willis money. He's he sunk a ton of it into this organization with oh, the yeah. new facilities. Um, and is is that the reason? Look, man, if if that's what they think is helping, then it's helping. I, I'm a firm believer. If you think something helps, then it's helping. If, if you think something sucks, then it probably sucks. So yeah, go for it. Drew, let's get back to the numbers. All right, let's get to the numbers. The numbers. I actually highlight the ones that stand out to me. And the, offensively, both teams are pretty equal. They're pretty up there with the numbers. You know what really stood out to me, guys? The Seattle pass defense is 29th. That, I did not know that. They are, Seattle defense is 23rd overall, 29th against the pass. There's only 32 teams last time I checked. And they're the 21st, uh, their scoring defense gives up 24 points a game. The other area I, I saw is they don't get a lot of quarterback sacks. They only have 23 on the, on the year. So between them being on the lower end of the sack totals and 29th and pass defense, the Vikings should maybe go to the air in this baby. <clears throat> the, the Seattle relies a lot, again, on turnovers. Every year they're one of the top five teams in turnovers, and it didn't change this year. They're fourth in turnovers. They got a plus nine, <laughs> 14 fumble recoveries. Is it working? Mm-hmm. They're still froze. No, you're you're working now. Okay, so, it just froze at that point. At, when you were talking about where they're fourth in turnover production, and then it froze. And they're a plus nine. We're a plus four. So we're both on the plus end of the turnovers, which is you know you can only ask to be on the plus side in an NFL as an NFL team. But the fact that they're 29th in pass defense, I'd like to see the Vikings come out throwing the ball, maybe even go no huddle or up tempo a little bit. Uh, they should have at least learned last year when they were going three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, and they didn't they weren't generating anything. That you can't you can't let this, the Seattle crowd get into it, Ted Glover. You can't let them get rolling. I would be okay with them to come out doing running their regular offense, but if if they don't get anything going after like the first two drives, I would hop into the into the no huddle then and and just try and get something going because you're right if. Especially if Seattle gets points, if if you see yourself down seven nothing or ten nothing in the first quarter and things aren't going right on offense, and and we've got another one of those slow starts that just frustrates all three of us, the Vikings are going to have to do something to change it up. And I I I would be all about going into the into the no huddle third drive still in the first quarter, whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah, the absolutely. Last, the last number I'll throw it out, and I send it back to Dave is the Vikings are fourth in the red zone this year. In the NFL, red zone really. Thirty-nine trips, twenty-six touchdowns for a sixty-six percentage. So good. Communication satellites are experiencing a solar storm. I don't know if you guys can time. see me, but you guys froze again. Your video will resume shortly. What the heck? Through with some wild drive at the end, where Russell Wilson scrambles around and throws a fifty-yard pass, and it just something crazy happens in Seattle. But you know, you you have to take the crowd out of it. And then you have to figure out a way to contain Wilson, and you certainly have to figure out a way to contain their running game because last year they had like 250 on us on the ground. So Zimmer, being that Zimmer went through this last year, it's all got to be fresh in his mind. We went up there and got our tits licked at that place. That wasn't even a game. So and, and he's coming out of the bye. There's no excuse not to start out slow. No excuse. Two weeks to prepare. Keys in this is going to be whether or not Adam Thielen plays. He looked like he was on track to play. Now I saw a couple reports today. I. He was either limited in practice or didn't practice. And that he would was be limited. a – what's that? He was <laughs> limited in practice. He had he, he came out, but he didn't have his helmet on. Okay. Yeah, that – He was you know, he was doing some of the exercises and running and stuff like that. Get him on the drum kit. Come on. I, 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 hope, I hope he's okay and he's healthy and he's good to go because – There was also a tweet that said they had a scare with his hammy yesterday. <sighs> See, I, I think this is going to – be a thing off. If he pops his hamstring in this game again, if he catches it, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's done for the rest of this regular season. I think the key to the, the Vikings coming out of there with a win in Seattle, whether or not Thielen's healthy, and and if 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 he's healthy, he can go and he can go. Please go. If he can't, and or or if he goes and he hurts his hamstring again. I just, man, I hate hamstrings. I just hate them. I, I, I just think they, they linger. You know, Cooks lasted like four or five weeks last year. 
you know, the, the reports were he was limited. I don't know, man. I, I just, I hope, I hope he's okay and he can play because he's a big part of the Viking success, especially down in the red zone. What's so, your, what's your, on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you if Thielen does not go? How confident are you we can pull a win out there? I mean, do you think he's that critical? I mean, I know he's a big part of the offense. But. I mean, two weeks ago, I would have been, or three weeks ago, I'd have been like two or three. But, but you know, Kyle Rudolph has come on. Irv Smith has really stepped up and, and had some big moments. I'm up to maybe a, a five or six if he doesn't play. I, I'll feel a lot better if he can play. I will too, but I, I agree. It's, it's not as worrisome. I think if he does the offense gets even that much more dynamic. But I think we're dynamic enough with those guys to win. And this week, the Vikings think so, too, when they released Josh Doxson. We're down to four wide receivers on the the I think they released him on on the thinking that Thielen is going to play. Now if he's retweaked his hamstring again, now the Vikings only got three receivers. Yeah, but I think they're considering Irv Smith they're starting to stick him out in the slot, and we know Dalvin Cook can play in the slot or anywhere out there, that they're good. And Zimmer in his press conference was asked about it today, and he says, no, I think we're good. You still you still got to have four wide receivers on the roster. You would think, yes. I mean, even Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen is such a great player that even if you have him on a pitch count or a snap count and you have him in the game, he at least draws attention over there. So you can go to B.C. Johnson or you can go to Diggs. He'll draw attention. If Thielen is lined up, Seattle's worried about him. Right. You can just have him in there as a decoy for half his snaps. Or, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with putting him out there even if he's 98% healthy. He has to be 100% healthy to even come back from a hamstring because it lingers so bad. But, you know, if he's good to play, then he's got to get out there and do it. Now, other injuries, we look today. The official injury report won't come out till tomorrow because it's a Monday game, the first one. But looking at the reports today, we have Linval Joseph was back. Uh, Josh Klein was back. Big goon. Um, back. Cool. Um, which means Josh has passed his concussion protocol. Speaking of concussions, Ben Gideon has, was not back and not playing. So he obviously hasn't passed that yet. Um, Thielen was out there. And I'm trying to remember if any of the other starters that were out. I think that's about it. Oh, what about Seattle? Um, Harrison Smith was out working. Oh, oh, I don't think he was full. Um, same with uh, um, uh, right next to him. So we'll see. And Seattle, I saw they're hoping um, there was one, their defensive tackle, they were hoping that has an ankle issue. They were hoping that was back, but they're not sure. So. And I'll look that up and I'll put that in a Chiron as it scrolls across as you watch the video. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be tough to, to pull that yep. one. Yep. So we'll see. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. 
We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. This is a game that could catapult that. If they lose, conversely, I think they're a six seed and they go one and done. Wow, those are spicy hot takes, Mr. Glover. <laughs> Too bad I wasn't recording it. Say it. Wait, wait, wait. Just say it one time. Easy win. Say it. No. I just need it once. No, I will not. Easy win for Wisconsin. That'll, that'll jinx it. I think it's going to be a great, simple, easy win for Wisconsin just to jinx that. There we go. Keep the axe. Fucking badgers. We don't need no stinking badgers. Hey, it's better dead than red, baby. So, let me ask you real quick before we get to the trivia. Who's third in sacks on the Vikings? I'll give you each a guess. You know who's one and two. Yeah, that's Griffin and Hunter. Hunter, Hunter, Hunter and, Griffin. and Griffin. Hunter one, Griffin two. They both are one and two in the league for pressures. Who's three? Two guys are tied for three. I'll get, there's two names. How many do they have? Can you give us a the Vikings have 31 sacks. I'm going to go. Um, Odenigbo? Bam! James Stefano. Yeah, I was going to go. That's yeah, I was going to say Weatherly, but okay. That'll work. Odenigbo has three. Big Goon has three. Those are the next two on the list. I saw that looking at the. Because Vikings have 31 sacks and allowed 22. The Seahawks are the opposite. They've only ha- they only have twenty three sacks. And they've allowed thirty three. Really? So yeah, if the Vikings can get home on the defensive line and keep keep Wilson from that containment off the edge. I mean, he likes to step up and then go lateral. If they can, if the defense, yeah. if Jaleel Johnson, those guys can pressure him back towards Hunter. Dave and I talked about this on the phone. Wilson steps up, but if you get center pressure, interior pressure, he goes backwards right into the arms of Griffin and Hunter. That's, yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm hoping to see, because you can't get him on that initial curl. Right. No, you can't. If he gets to the outside, it's it's over with. And then he runs backwards. He has a tendency yeah. to take off backwards, and he runs right into people. So I'm kind of hoping for that. All right, you want to do some trivia? It is time. Drew, have you got the trivia? You know the rules. You got a possible 46 this week. And we do have trivia. And I love my graphic. Thank you for making that. Um, Ted's record, your guys' both record is 34. Let's see if we can beat it. All right. <clears throat> the Vikings and the Seahawks have played 16 times. How many of the Vikings won? You have to get oh, they've with only won like five. They, they, the Seattle That's exactly this. right. For a point. Good job. Sorry. I'm not ready here. Okay. <laughs> okay. That makes Number sense. two. We're going to call this the first and last trivia. We're talking about the first time we beat Seattle and the last time we beat them, which was 10 years ago. We haven't, we're we owing like six. The last okay. Later. Regular Russell, season in play. Russell Wilson's never, never lost to Minnesota. You believe that shit? I but can't. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Let's go back to the first time we played them. They were an expansion team, 1976. They came into Bloomington, Minnesota at the Met. That's were seven one and one at the time. Yep. And they won the game twenty seven to twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah, they did. From you guys are the two head coaches to begin with. That would be Jack Patera and Bud Grant. That's <laughs> that right there. That's decent. Yes, sir. Um, and I need the starting quarterbacks. Jim Zorn and Francis Tarkington. Jeez, oh, light the candle, brother. <laughs> Jimmy Zorn from Cal. Polly San Luis Obispo. Now, there's six running backs who played in this game. Three for the Vikings, three for the Seahawks. You get a point for everyone you can name. Okay, for the Vikings, it would be Chuck Foreman, Brett McClanahan. Um, 
Sammy Johnson? No. Osborne? No. Osborne was gone by then. It was the last Viking guy was Robert Miller, but you got two of them. Robert you Miller. Know, do you know any of the Seahawks? This would be a real. This is a no, real. No, I, I, I remember that game. I, but I don't. And I remember Jim Zorn because he damn near pulled off a huge upset. Um, but I can't remember much else. Dave, you got any Seahawk running backs for me? No. I, I Sherman did study for this one. Sherman Smith, Hugh McKinnis, and the great Don Testerman. <laughs> what a Don terrible Testerman. Team. Now, there was one wide receiver who caught a touchdown pass in this game for the Seahawks who was on the Vikings the year before in 1975. He was a Viking, and then he became a Seahawk, and then he caught a touchdown in this game. Can you name him? Was it Jim Lash? No. Great guess, though. Great guess. It was Sam McCollum. Sam McCollum. Okay. So you ended up with a one, two, three, four, five, six on that section. That gives you seven answers. Next, we're moving on to... That was the first time. Now, the last time we won was 2009. Serious beatdown. Yep. Serious beatdown. Vikings won 35-9 to at home. Four different Vikings scored that day. Three wide receivers and a tight end. You get a point for everyone you can name. Shanko was the tight end. Sidney Rice was one of the wide receivers. Um, Bernard Varian. Damn, dude. Woo! Uh, oh, and Percy Harvin. <laughs> Bring out the broom. That's a sweep. <laughs> Get the broom out. Ted Glover is sweeping, just like Shea Patterson, sweeping around the edge. And going to get met by Chase Young for a six-yard loss. <laughs> you got four on that one. Beautiful, dude. Uh, who are the quarterbacks in that day? Each oh, team. Each team played two quarterbacks, so there's four total. You oh, that's right. Uh, Tavares Jackson did the mop-up duty, but Favre started. <laughs> that's um, right. God, who played for Seattle that day? Oh, nine. Matt Hasselbeck? Yeah! That's sweet, dude. Well, Matty uh, Hasselbeck. I, I can't. I no idea who released really Hasselbeck, him. we're going to win. Remember that shit? No, we're we're going to take the ball. We're going to score. <laughs> and he shows a pick six to Al Harris. <laughs> <laughs> the other quarterback, Dave, you got a guess? No. The other quarterback was the great Seneca Wallace. Yes. He was a great college quarterback. Yes, for Kansas State. Iowa State. <laughs> huh? He was Iowa State. Was he Iowa State? Yeah, Iowa State. Kansas, Iowa, they look the same. And we froze again. There we go. Now we're back. All right. Both head coaches for that game. In 09? Yeah. Brad oh, Childress. Chili for the Vikings. And then, uh, correct, Childress was the Vikings coach. I don't think Carol. It would have been Holmgren back then, wasn't it? Oh. No. Playoff. It was Jim Mora, Jr. Ah. Jim Mora, Jr. All right. Jim Mora, Jr. Playoffs? You talk playoffs? So, talking about playoffs? <laughs> what was your bonus question? Bonus question. Ten-point bonus if you can name two of the three starting Viking linebackers for that game. I believe I've got all three. It'd be E.J. Henderson, Chad Greenway, and Ben Lieber. Oh, my God, dude. Ding, 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 ding. That is a 10-point slot right there. You, you want the three for the 76 game? Yeah, you get the I'll give you another five. Jeff Seaman, Wally Hilgenberg, and I bet the other guy was Matt Blair. Oh, my God. That's true. That's correct. Is it really? That is correct. <clears throat> wait, wait. <clears throat> did you say Fred McNeil? No, I said Matt Blair. I think it was. I'd have to look to verify. It might have been Fred McNeil. Yeah, you very well could have been Fred McNeil. I'll hold off on that five. I was going to give you five for that. So this page you got. <laughs> 10, 14, 18 points on this page. You're, got, you're creeping up. Okay. Well, here we go. You get a point for every player you can name. I made a little list here. And I imagine there's more, but I listed seven that I could remember off the top of my head who play for both the Seahawks and the Vikings.
So we got Percy Harvin, John Randall, Steve Hutchinson, Carl Eller. Piss me off seeing Carl Eller in a fucking Seahawks. Uh, Sam McCollum? Yes, that was another one. <laughs> another reaching one. back on that one. Um, Bob Wurtzema? <laughs> yeah! Yes, and then the guy that we traded to get to the Lertzema trade, in the Lertzema trade. Uh, the best cards we have. Hutchinson. No, you heard he named I it. said Steve oh, Hutchinson. Okay. We traded Lertzema to the Seahawks. And then who do we get in return? We got a fourth-round pick plus this player. I, I can't remember. Was it Mike Tice? No. Didn't no, Mike but Tice Mike Tice did play for both. Yeah? That, yes, he did. <laughs> that the next one, I'll, I'll, I'll mark it down. So that's, that's seven, I think. That's one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. But I still have two on my list. So you guys came up with a couple extra ones. That's good. Who, who was the guy that shows you got traded for? Huh? The, in the trade with Amadrasad. Really? Amadrasad came from Seattle in that trade. Yeah, he really. I thought he came from Buffalo. Okay. That's what I thought too. But I took this off the Daily Norseman, so yeah. it's wrong. It's them. And the Daily um, Norseman can't be wrong. Well, that's what it said on that site. I mean, that's I, all I got. I thought it was Buffalo. I thought he went from Buffalo to the Vikings, but uh, the last one I had was Tavares Jackson. Oh, duh. So you got uh, another you got another seven on that. So before we get to the last question, let me do a quick recap to see how many points you got. You got seven, 18, 25, and seven is 32. You're two away from your record, which I think you're going to get it because the last one is Ring of Honor for Seattle people. Now, there's there's 11 people in the Ring of Honor. I'm going to tell you this. There's 10 players and only one coach. So that might okay. the 10 players and one coach. So you get a point for everyone you can name. Steve Largent. Correct. Jim Zorn. Correct. Um, Sean Alexander. Incorrect. Not Brian Bosworth. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not the uh, coach would be Chuck Knox. Yes, that gives you your new record of 35. Um, Not uh, who's the only coach, yeah. Um, is not an answer. Shut up. That was my judge <laughs> moment. The tackle. There's a bunch of big names in here. Come on, Ted Glover. I know, I know, and they're all escaping. I know these. UCLA, safety. Come on, man. The greatest safety UCLA ever had. The guy was like a machine back there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so mad when you start rattling off these names that I can't think of. <laughs> Come on, oh, Dan. Kurt Warner, running back Kurt Warner. <laughs> yes. That was the name, one name I was thinking of. Um, got four of the 11. Cortez Kennedy. Yes! That was the name I was thinking of. Damn, what a player Cortez Kennedy was. He was really good. Yeah. You got five out of 11. You're almost 50%. Um, Kenny Easley. There you go! That's the safety. That's, That's the safety. The... Good job, Dave. Excellent job. That guy was tremendous. I wish he would have been. Sure, I he wasn't on there, huh? Okay. I, that's about all I can come up with. I think that's, that's it for me. Hey, you got you got thirty-two, thirty-eight. That's your new record, I think. All right. That's one of the guys that were on there were Dave Brown, safety. Okay. Jacob Green, the great Jacob Green, number 79, the defensive tackle. Yeah. Uh, Pete Grouse, who's I've never heard of. <laughs> Walter Jones, the great left tackle. Walter yes. Jones, that was the other guy. He And that was the guy that just retired just a few years ago. And how could we all forget Davey Craig? He's in there. Is he really? Mm -hmm. The guy that had 
most fumbles in NFL history is it Dave Craig is in the Ring of Honor. They have eleven in there. Oh, they got, got a lot that are still going to probably be on there, including Sean Alexander. But uh, excellent, you got thirty-eight points on that Viking Seahawks trivia, and every wow. week, you guys, you guys amaze me, man. Good questions. Good questions. I wouldn't have got half of those. Your football knowledge is tremendous. Joe, as we roll into this game on Monday night, spicy hot take. Do you have any, Drew? Where are we going to guess, like, who gets the game ball or spicy hot take? Spicy hot take. I have spicy hot take. I think, uh, no, I don't really. I just want to win. <laughs> right, I got one. Ted, give me a spicy. I don't have any. If, if the Vikings beat Seattle on Monday, they will have a home playoff game, and they're going to win the division. I like that one. It, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're going to have a home field advantage. Yeah. I'm not even saying they're going to get a bye, but they will at least have a home field advantage. They will at least have a home playoff game because they're going to win the division. That's it. If they if they lose, they will be the number six seed. Mm-hmm. That's how big this game is to me. I yes. think. Drew, you got your last words. Meow, meow, Viking cow. And when we see each other, it'll be on the flip flop later. Ted. Super Bowl homeboy. We'll see you in Miami. And I hope everybody has a very, or had, since we won't see this season afterwards, hope everybody had a very uh, wonderful Thanksgiving. Are you the guy that eats baked beans on Thanksgiving? Oh, you? yeah. Oh, okay. Skull Vikings. <laughs> Let's win this game. Later. <laughs> Later, dude. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.